This sound like some entrance music type shit. I feel like Muhammad Ali or somebody finna get in this what ring, you know, walking down that aisle. It's a new year. It's a new me. I'm a new person. But it's still the Bronx Bias Podcast. Let's go. Happy New Year. We made it. 2020 is over. We letting this Benny shit run. I'm on one today. Let's go. About Brandon, this one about expanding. Caught a flight to Cali, maybe 24 I landed. This rap shit easy. Tell the truth, I can't stand it. If they ain't had I can't cut this off. The money on the table before the plug said the price. I was eager. They know the models. I could be dead tonight. I was seasoned like Pat Leather. Drawing 11 Mike. I need a trunk full of cash. My foot stuck to the gas. That's a buck in the stash. Doing a buck and a half. I hung with hustlers. Guys who sold hundreds of bags. They front you so many onions that it come with a jag. The life of niggas who live it. The price for niggas who did it. Hopes fall in love when you look like a nigga who get it. I know how I feel when they don't like that you did it different. Cause they dick riding trends. Just like the niggas you mimic, yeah. No, we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Damn, that Benny shit got me hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> oh shit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 47 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James, back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody out there. We made it to 2021 out of that year that brought us so much turmoil and strife and hardship that was 2020 i want to start with that happy new year happy happy new year and thank you to everyone who tunes in who likes who subscribes who shares and who supports thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms i truly truly appreciate all the love and all the support I received from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. Thank you to all the retail workers out there. Thank you to all the doctors, nurses, post post office people, uh, UPS people, food delivery people, every single person who did not stop working through this pandemic. Thank you. And finally, thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous. The thank yous are very, 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 very important. And we are going to have a great show today, man. We're going to have a great, great, great show today. Got a lot of things to talk about. We are doing our official 2020 year in review, our 2020 recap. So, so many things happened this year. We're going to cover them all. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. And I am ready to go. So, let us get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. 
Today's intro was an amazing song by an amazing artist. It is called Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher off of the album Burden of Proof. And I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes like when I let my mind go free, I visualize things that I want like in my life. Right. I just let I visualize things that I want to come true for myself. So when a song like Burden of Proof comes on, right, it has that nice build up and then the beat drops and the beat go crazy. Shout out to Hit Boy for that crazy beat. And in my mind, I'm visualizing me walking out onto a onto a stage, onto an arena, you know, and having that music playing before I'm announced to the stage and I could do my live show and have all the people screaming and cheering and everything like that. And I come out and the music is blaring and I'm hype and the crowd is hype. Like I just have that visualization and you know before anything becomes to reality you got to visualize it so you know when songs like that play when it's really great beats or really songs that i just enjoy i always visualize myself coming out onto a stage or coming out into an arena and have a whole bunch of people there screaming and cheering and i come out and the music is on and it's just a great feeling so i had to play that that's like you know it's a great song and it's just like something that that I can picture happening in the future, you know, the same way how I pictured having a podcast and, you know, dreaming about it and, you know, having that picture, that vivid image of me potting, you know, I also have it with things that I want to do in the future. So I have that vision in my mind and certain songs and certain things make me make like that vision just pop in my head. So that song had to be played for today because every time I hear it, it's just like it give me that feeling. You know what I'm saying? It give me that feeling like I'm about to go on a live stage and kill it. So shout out to Benny the Butcher, man. It's definitely in my top 10 albums of the year, which we will get to. But shout out to Benny the Butcher. Shout out to Hit Boy. Shout out to Griselda. You know the vibes. And man, I just love that song, man. I love that song. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, Without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Bronx River Art Center, founded in 1987, is a culturally diverse, multi-arts and nonprofit organization that provides a forum for community artists and youth to transform creativity into vision. The goal of the center is to bring professional arts programming to a culturally underserved population. This multi-art center has filled the West Farms community of the Bronx with art and environmental experiences with programs that are designed to encourage our residents to engage in creative activism toward the revitalization and the future of their neighborhood. For more information on the center, you can visit BronxRiverArt.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 47. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we are getting right to the shits today. Our opening topic for today is the year in review. 
the year in reflection, the year recap of 2020. Here we go. So before I get to like my categories, right? Because I have like a album of the year and songs of the year and moments of the year, etc. Um, I want to talk about like just my journey through 2020. So 2019 was just me like trying to get personal things in order, right? Trying to get emotional issues straightened out, trying to seek help for things that were bugging me and mental hurdles and emotional hurdles, trying to work past that, trying to get my physical fitness right, you know, trying to get my mind right before anything. You know, your mind controls the body. You can't do anything, you know, without a a clear mind, without a clear vision. So for myself, you know, 2019 was the year for personal changes, personal improvements. But going into 2020, you know, the question for me was, well, what's next? You know, what's next for me? What am I going to do um, to to, you know, fully realize my potential? You know what I'm saying? What am I going to do in life to where I feel like I'm truly fulfilled? You know what I'm saying? You can have your your personal things straight. You know, you got a great relationship with your family and your friends and, you know, you're moving, you're vibrating positively and you're you're exuding positivity. But other than that, personally, what are you going to do professionally? How do you want to live? Who do you want to be? And, you know, through much, you know, uh, thought and and pondering and uh, meditating, I decided I always wanted to do a podcast or have some kind of media. So, you know, I started this podcast in 2020, of course, duh, and it was on February 9th. That is that's going to be my one year anniversary of the pod. And, you know, everything seemed to fall into place. You know what I'm saying? Like everything seemed to just fit, you know, like that I finally had those puzzle pieces and I knew where each one of them were supposed to go. Right. When I started the pod, I had I had some things to work through. I had some insecurities. I had some some mental things to get over some anxiety. But once I just kept it going, once I just decided I'm going to keep trying and keep trying to get better, it just felt everything just felt right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, starting the pod in, in on in February, February 9th and just having it be the 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 guide i don't know i I don't even know if that's correct like just the main thing that i'm focused on in 2020 everything else around it you know what i'm saying seemed to fall into place because i was just so in touch with myself everything was aligned i was in harmony you know what i'm saying like everything just felt right it was just that great feeling so you know when covid came and invaded new york and and you know caused all the things that it did cause you know the the panic and the fear and people going crazy trying to buy up toilet paper and baby wipes and lysol and people were wearing masks and everyone was afraid and no one was going outside it was like the pod was just that that thing that saving grace you know what i'm saying because i knew no matter what if i was healthy i could come and sit down and pod and it was something that just made me so happy it was something that just made me, you know, feel so complete. I just felt so fulfilled each week, each time I came into pod. And it was just that thing that just kept me centered. That's what I'm trying to say. The pod was something that just kept me centered amidst all the turmoil, amidst all the uncertainty of this of the past year. The pod is something that just kept me in line. You know what I'm saying? 
so I'm so thankful and so appreciative to be able to be in a position to pod and to talk to you guys, man. And you know, when I'm you know, when I'm doing my yearly reflections, right? I'm thinking like how everything just seemed to fall into place, right? You know, COVID comes, you know, my former employer that shower made nameless is like, hey bro, listen, if you catch COVID, basically that's your ass. We ain't helping you, we ain't looking out for you or nothing, right? And you're just like, how could you? But then in a in a in a way it was like, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you. So I can finally just sit my ass down get my shit together, get my thoughts in order, make a plan and fully attack this pod, you know, fully realize my potential in this space. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I left my job, my former job on March the 17th, 2020, man, and I haven't looked back. You know what I'm saying? I haven't looked back. I'm so I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for this this series that series of events, you know what I'm saying? I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, transitioning throughout the year, you know, so many things had happened. So many things had, you know, um, come to the forefront that I was so happy to be a part of in this small way. You know, so the big thing with the social justice movements, right? We had lost so many people to police brutality, to racism, outright systemic racism, right? You know, we had lost Ahmaud Arbery. We had lost Breonna Taylor. We had lost George Floyd. We had lost Rayshard Brooks. We had lost Vanessa Guillen. We had lost Elijah McCain. And through all of those losses, you know, something happened in our community where the losses didn't didn't separate us, didn't make us afraid. The losses brought us together and made us strong. And people were in the streets People were protesting. People were out on social media just just spewing out these great messages, these messages of unity, these messages of positivity, these messages of overcoming. And we had accomplished so many things. We had accomplished so many things in terms of just the social justice movement where where prominent uh, uh, um, uh, prominent um, things in, in pop culture were just making sure that they understood our feelings and in this social justice movement. For example, when the NBA was in the bubble, they allowed players to put messages on their backs. They they put the whole Black Lives Matter all over the court. There were murals across the country of George Floyd being painted. Black Lives Matter was all over the streets. Public figures were not afraid. They were not worried about losing endorsements and losing sponsorships because they knew that the message that they had was more important than any corporate jargon or any corporate hurdles that you had to go through. They understood that, you know, being a person of the people means you have to ride with the people. You have to you have to um, be with the people in that you give them your presence, you give them your love, you give them your support and you know, I love just to see that. Like I've seen so many people who otherwise would have remained silent in these social justice times activate themselves and rise up and say, no, I have something to say about this. I have an opinion. I, I want to be involved. I want to help the cause. And that just, you know, that that's just like more energy for me. Right. So I'm starting this podcast. I'm doing my shit. I'm, you know, dealing somehow with the insecurities of it. I'm trying to work my way through it. I'm trying to get more comfortable with it. And I'm seeing people go out and make their voices heard. 
go out and make their voices known, let people know how they feel about certain things. And it was just more inspiration, right? It was just more inspiration. And I'm like, damn, I was one day I just sat down after a pod and I was just looking to the sky and I was like, I'm really like walking in my purpose. You know what I'm saying? And that's a great feeling, you know? So amidst the 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 2020 turmoil, it was never I never really felt it like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just like, man, I feel so energized. I feel so great. I feel so fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? I can't wake up and think that it's a bad day outside because it's a great day, you know, because I just had so much happiness and joy. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I know I'm rambling, but like when I think about 2020 as a whole, of course, it's, you know, COVID and um, unemployment and uh, uh, uncertainty and, you know, dealing with these BS politicians and everyone saying, oh, you know, you could go outside and COVID is not real and people were protesting COVID and people are dying still from COVID and lawmakers are like, open up the country. We don't give a fuck if people die. And some lawmakers are like, no, you got to keep it closed. And you know how that goes, right? You just know how that goes. But as far as Denzel and the Bronx by podcast is concerned, man, 2020 has been just it's been a blessing, you know, it's been a blessing. Of course, there are things that you would like to have different and, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. But when I think about 2020 as a whole, you know, even though we have lost so much, we have lost so many great people at the hands of um, police brutality and systemic racism. We've also lost a lot of people due to COVID and due to other things. I think of 2020 uh, as just a year of a new beginning and a year of me realizing my potential and living in my purpose you know and i just think that 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 is so important so i always want to come on here and and put out messages of positivity i always want to come on here and put out messages of 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 self-fulfillment and self-fulfilling prophecies and i just my message to you guys out there who have listened is man like you could be anything that you want to be you could be anything that you want to be but you got to have the drive You got to have the passion, the dedication and the motivation. But once you realize all of that and you get to do something that you love and you get to feel like everything is where it needs to be, the way that you will feel just in life in general will be so much better. You'll feel so much light. You'll feel so free. You'll have the, the space and the ability to accomplish things that you never thought would be possible. I never thought that I would have a show with 47 episodes on the internet. I never thought that I would have a logo. I never thought that I would have a trademark of a logo or a trademark of a name. I never thought I would have an LLC, a business. And somehow, some way, through the grace of God, it happened, right? So, you know, I just think about like, man, where I started and where I am now. And I just feel so great, man. And I'm so thankful for everyone who listens. I'm so thankful for everyone who supports. I'm so thankful for the guests that came onto the show. Thank you to, I'm going to name all my guests because it was, you know, it wasn't that many, but I remember all of them. I want to say thank you to Rainisha Maiden. Thank you to Aaron Davis, who designed my logo. Thank you to um, Abigail Narvaez. Thank you to Brianna Russell. Thank you to Kira Clement. Thank you to Jamal Blake. Like they all came on and did my show. And man, I'm just, I'm just so filled with with thank with thanks and gratitude to be honest like and i'm looking forward to what what has what 2021 has in store 
I'm looking forward to it because you lay the foundation. That was what 2020 was for me. You lay the foundation. And now, to quote Benny the Butcher, <laughs> last year was about Brandon, and this year is about expanding. So I wanted to lay the foundation of the Bronx Bias podcast as just a brand of my podcast, empowering from people from the Bronx, empowering people in general, just to speak and to use their voices. And hopefully in 2021, we could go full steam ahead, you know what I'm saying? And and um, we could do more great things, and we can partner with more great people, and we can do things beyond our wildest dreams. And I know it's going to happen. You know, I know it's going to happen because it's just the culmination of of everything. You know, me getting my life together on a personal level, on an emotional level, on a mental level, and then using that newfound freedom, that newfound rejuvenation and putting it towards something that I really wanted to do. I always had the dream of doing. So, you know, man, I'm so excited for what 2021 has in store for me. I'm so excited for what 2021 has in store for the country. I'm so excited what 2021 has in store, you know, in all ways, you know, uh, financially, hopefully, you know, emotionally, spiritually. And, you know, I just know I'm going to be off and fucking running, man. I know it. I know it. So, man, 2020, you know, I don't want to be insensitive to anyone because I know 2020 was a year of strife and turmoil, but. Man, I'm I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it because, you know, through the, uh, uh, you know, we, we rose up. You know, we used 2021. A lot of things happened and, and it burned. 2020 burned a lot of things, but we rose up like a phoenix from its ashes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great thing. It's a great feeling. And I cannot wait to see what 2021 has in store. I cannot wait to see what 2021 has in store. And, uh, man, I'm just so thankful for it, man. I'm just so thankful. Um, what else happened in 2020 that I need to that I need to bring a little attention to? Oh, I want to make sure that I'm um, um, say mention some people that we have lost. You know, the people who we have lost at the hands of police brutality and and systemic racism, but also the public figures and the people we've come to know and love we lost in 2020. I want to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Tommy Lister, Natalie DeSell Reed, um, Pop Smoke, Mo3, King Vaughn, Kenny Rogers, Bill Withers, Fred Willer, uh, Jerry Stiller, Naya Rivera, um, we lost uh, Sean Connery, rest in peace, Diego Maradona, we lost Eddie Van Halen, we lost Little Richard, and um, we lost Alex Trebek, oh man, that hurt me, that really, that one really hurt me, but you know, you know, when we lose all these people, you think about, you just think about how much pain, you know, it, it is, how painful it is for the families of the people afflicted, and how painful it is for us, you know, as people of consumers of their products, but you know, what thing something I've learned is even though you lose somebody in the physical form, right? You lose someone in the physical, you don't lose them spiritually. And their soul doesn't die because their soul is alive within each and every one of us. You know what I'm saying? So for me, my earliest memories of Kobe Bryant was as an eight-year-old child, my first time watching basketball, watching Kobe play against the Philadelphia 76ers in the 2001 NBA Finals. And I grew up along with him, you know, he, or, yeah, I grew up along with him, you know, At, how, how many people loved him and how many people 
respected him and 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 had so much reverence toward him, you know, that's not going to die. Kobe's physical body has left the earth, right? But the way that he has impacted the world will never die. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. You know what I'm saying? So we have lost so many great people, but their souls and their spirits, you know, don't die. You know, your soul and your spirit doesn't die because it's alive in all the people that you touch. And, um, you know, I, I, I love I love thinking that way about things, you know, because it is sad. It's very sad. When I woke up that day that Alex Trebek passed away, I was so sad. That was my birthday. You know, he passed away. And I was very sad about it because I just thought about how I would watch Jeopardy as a little boy to now. And like how he was just a constant in my life. But just because Alex Trebek, for example, physical form is no longer here. His spirit and his soul will never die because it's alive in me and how I remember him. That's what I'm trying to say. So even though we have lost so much and so many great people, just keep that in your mind, in the back of your mind. You lose somebody you respect and you love in the physical, but their spirit and their soul will never die. And 2020 has kind of like driven that home for me, right? So when I think about locking in for the podcast, that's the Mamba mentality. That's Kobe. He's he's still alive in me. You know, for example, when I think about I want to be a beacon for change or social justice issues, that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's alive in me. Right. When I think about how you you don't even consider how, you know, these younger people who lose their lives early impact you. But when I hear Dior by Pop Smoke, it just gives me a different feeling. He's still alive in me. And that's what I'm trying to say. So for 2020. I think the biggest thing I'm going to take away from it is when you lose, you lose something in the physical if it's a person, but you don't lose them in the spirit and you don't lose them in the soul because how they affected you will keep them alive in you. And and that's how I want to end my opening segment. 2020 was a year of strife and struggle and and turmoil. But, you know, throughout the 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 the. The struggle, we be, we became strong. We became unified on the social justice fronts by losing our good people to police brutality and systemic racism. And we also remember the great people who have affected our lives, even from afar, and we keep them alive in how we live and how we choose to conduct ourselves in the future. We keep their memories alive in our spirits and we keep their souls alive in how they affect us and how we decide to live. So I want to leave you guys with that for 2020. It was very difficult for everybody. But the if we survive this year, we can survive anything. And the way that we keep the people that we love that we have lost in 2020 is how we decide to live our lives. And I will leave you with that for the opening segment. Happy New Year. <laughs> And so moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. And I am saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because... 
I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you guys have for me. And man, you guys have shown up and shown out for 2020. I'm so thankful. I'm so appreciative for it. So, of course, we're going to keep the trend going of answering some of you guys' questions that I have received here. So, oh, also, the theme for all these questions is sports related. I have to let you know that off the top. So, let's answer some of them here. The first one says, I know LeBron is your main man. Indeed, he is. Indeed, he is. I know LeBron is your main man. But when he ultimately leaves the game, who do you see yourself rooting for the most in the NBA? Now, that's a good question. That's a good question. Ideally, I would hope it would be a New York Knicks player. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would hope that, you know, R.J. Barrett or or um, Obi Toppin or um, maybe Mitchell Robinson or something, Emmanuel Quickly or something, shows that promise and someone who I can really root for and get behind. Um, hopefully it would be a Knicks player. You know, that would be my first choice. But some of my favorite players to watch in the league, and I could easily see myself rooting for them to succeed. Um, Devin Booker. I really, really, really like to watch Devin Booker play. I really, really like to watch Jason Tatum play. But the top two guys, aside from Knicks potentially, is Luka Doncic and Ben Simmons. Luka Doncic to me is like a LeBron-esque type player. I think I like those kinds of players. Now, D-Book is a scorer and Jason Tatum is a scorer, but I like the most those LeBron-esque players, who players who can score, but players who also do everything else well. So if you watch Luka play, Luka can score with the best of them, but Luka can also run point guard. He's six foot eight. He's like a big point guard. He runs point guard. He runs the offense. He can pass like nobody's business. He can rebound and like he sees the floor well. He's a floor general. And I just, I'm really intrigued by him. I really like watching him play. As soon as he stepped foot in the league, he, he didn't, it didn't look like he was out of place. It didn't look like he needed time to adjust. He looked fit for the league. And I, I like watching him. And Ben Simmons is a choice that people look at me with the side eye, right? Because, you know, everything about Ben Simmons. But I just feel like Ben Simmons does so many things well. Like, all he needs is that Jimmy. I hope that he can hire, like, lethal shooter or some kind of shooting coach to just get him accustomed to hitting that jump shot. Because once that comes along for Ben Simmons, he probably can be the best player in the league. Ben Simmons is six foot ten, a six foot ten point guard who runs hella fast like a gazelle, who can rebound, who can play defense, who passes the ball like magic, and who can get to the rim at will. All he needs, literally, and he's left-handed, and he's left-handed, so you know that's my guy. All Ben Simmons needs is that consistent 15-foot to 17-foot jump shot that post-up turnaround jump shot, and that corner three. That's all Ben Simmons needs. That mid-range J, that post-up turnaround J, or and that corner three. Not even the deep three. You don't have to be Stephen Curry. That corner three, and Ben Simmons could be the best player in the league. So when ultimately LeBron hangs him up because every great athlete has their time, um, I, I, I see myself rooting for, if not a Knicks player, um, you know, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, 
Luka Doncic and Ben Simmons. Yeah, that those are the guys who I really, really like watching. And there's no disrespect to anybody else. Like I love Ja Morant and I love, you know, um Jalen Brown, who also plays for the Celtics, and I love Kevin Durant, and I love Kyrie, and you know, I love all these guys. They're all great basketball players. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Steph even, and can't wait to see when Klay Thompson comes back. And, you know, guys like that, Jimmy Butler, I really like watching, Tyler Hero, you know, Duncan Robinson and um who else is great in the league and young? Um, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, um, Nikola Jokic. Um, uh, uh, who else? You know, guys like that. You know what I'm saying? I like those watching all those guys because I love basketball. But those are my guys. Um, D-Book, Jason Tatum, Luka, and Ben Simmons. Those are my guys I'm going to be rooting for in the future. The next one says, who should win the main NFL awards this season? Okay, so um, for the guys who don't know, you guys, um, the main NFL awards um, given out every year is MVP, Most Valuable Player, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So in order, um, my MVP for the season, of course, everyone thought it was going to be Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I should say, because his mama corrected everybody. It's Patrick Mahomes, not Pat. Patrick Mahomes was the initial front runner, and the Chiefs are probably going to finish with the best record in the NFL. But my MVP is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old and is playing out of his fucking mind. Okay. He's having, in my opinion, the best season, the most valuable season. Um, so he would be my choice for MVP. Aaron Rodgers. You know, we support the Rodgers over here. Um, offensive player of the year, I will give it to Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara over um, somebody like Derrick Henry or somebody like Tyreek Hill or somebody like um, uh, who else is a dynamic player? Um, I'm drawing a blank here. Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill. Uh, who else? Uh, whatever. Those were my initial choices, right? Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill I was going to have. But then Alvin Kamara came along and I was thinking like, He's my offensive player of the year because, remember, Drew Brees got hurt earlier in the year and the Saints were still winning games and they were really primarily running their offense through Alvin Kamara because not only is he an amazing running back out of the backfield, he's an amazing pass catcher. Like, he passes, he catches passes like a wide receiver. So I definitely am giving that to Alvin Kamara. And he had a game on Christmas Day where he scored six touchdowns. I mean, he's got, he's got my vote. Defensive player of the year, I want to give it to my man, TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also I like Xavier Howard from the Miami Dolphins. He's leading the league in interceptions, but I, if I had to gun to my head, I would choose TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, defensive lineman slash linebacker. Coach of the year, naturally, I, the way that the NFL war, awards go is the team usually with the best record, the, that coach will win the coach of the year, but in my opinion, the coach of the year is Brian Flores. The, Brian Flores is the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and, you know, Miami was building their way up to success, but no one really expected much from them. And he's coaching the hell out of that team. Brian Flores is coaching the hell out of the Miami Dolphins. Um, he's a former Bill Belichick um, pro, protege, and he's dealt with the Tua Tagovailoa, Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback situation elitely. He's got his team playing super, super motivated and hungry. He's got his defense looking spectacular. And I really love the job of coaching 
that Brian Flores has done this year. So even though Andy Reid may win the award or Matt LaFleur from the Packers may win the award, I like Brian Flores to win Coach of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year, I will take Alex Smith. If you guys don't know or familiar with Alex Smith, um, two years ago in 2018, the quarterback for the Washington football team, Alex Smith, um, had a catastrophic leg injury. They did a um, documentary about his road to recovery. He had to have 17 surgeries on his leg, and he almost lost it and almost had to be amputated. Um, and he managed to make his way back to being a healthy, to being able to walk again and to play football. So his story alone um, makes him deserving of comeback player of the year. Rookie of the year overall, I would take Chase Young from the Washington football team as well. He is an absolute monster, okay? If you've watched Washington football team games on the defensive line, number 99, Chase Young, he is a monster. He is going to be a force to be reckoned with in that J.J. Watt vein, in that, you know, elite pass rusher vein, Aaron Donald, you know, in that vein. He is that spectacular already. Shout out to Chase Young. And offensive rookie of the year, I will take Justin Jefferson from the Mi- from the Miami from the Minnesota Vikings, great wide receiver who had an amazing season. And defensive rookie of the year, it got to be Chase Young again. So those are my award winners for the NFL um, award season. MVP Aaron Rodgers, offensive player of the year Alvin Kamara, De- defensive player of the year T.J. Watt, coach of the year Brian Flores, comeback player of the year Alex Smith, rookie of the year. And Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young. And Offensive Rookie of the Year will be Justin Jefferson. And the last question is, who is, in your opinion, the most slept-on player in the NBA currently? Great question. Without question, it is Jimmy Butler. Shout-out to my guy Shaq, big Miami Heat fan. Jimmy Butler is the most slept-on NBA player in the league currently because... You know, the player and media relationship goes, if the media believes you to be a certain way, that is how they will portray you. And then that's how people, casual fans or et cetera, will believe that you are. So a little brief history on Jimmy Butler. When Jimmy Butler left the Chicago Bulls, he went to the Minnesota Timberwolves, where Tom Thibodeau was the coach. And he had the young players, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, et cetera. And it was being written and reported that Jimmy Butler was a quote-unquote team cancer. He did not support his young players. He didn't know how to be a leader. He was just more destructive than he was worth. He was more trouble than what he was worth. But finally, when Jimmy Butler left Minnesota and went to Philadelphia, and then he went to Miami, you realize that that's not true and that his personality has to be matched with the right team. But then finally, when he settled in with Miami and he got a taste of heat culture with Pat Riley at the top and then Eric Spolstra, you realize that Jimmy Butler was never the problem. Jimmy Butler embraces young players. He embraced Tyler Hero. He embraced Goran Dragic, even though Goran Dragic is not a young player. He embraced Duncan Robinson and he led them to the NBA finals in 2020 against the Lakers. He was their driving force. He was being everything that they needed him to be. And you realize that all Jimmy Butler needed was the stability of an organization and the support and guys who really just want to win. And you saw, like, he was a great leader. He would make jokes with Tyler Hero and say, put me on your TikTok. 
and he would say Duncan Robinson is a shooter and Bam Adebayo is the heart and soul of the team. Like he was that kind of guy. And I think that off coming off of that season that Miami has had, be aware of them in the Eastern Conference. Be aware. Like obviously you think Boston and you think um, uh, Boston, you think Philly and you think uh, Milwaukee as the class and Brooklyn as the class of the East. But don't sleep on Miami easily. The most slept on player in the NBA is Jimmy Butler, in my opinion. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the questions, man. I truly, truly appreciate it. I appreciate your love and your support. And all the people who sent in questions, all the people who sent in feedback, all the people who sent in constructive criticism throughout this year of 2020, I truly, truly appreciate you guys. And I look forward to answering more and more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. So thank you guys once again. All right, so now what I want to do is have my quote-unquote awards of the year, my 2020 awards of the year. And my categories that I chose was the Caucasity Award of the Year, the Song of the Year, the Albums of the Year, and the Moment of the Year. So first, we are going to start with the Caucasity of the Year Award. Drum roll, please. Caucasity is a term that I got from my guys, Bronx Legends, Jesus and Mero, which basically means the audacity of the Caucasian people. Initially, which was a front runner for Caucasity of the Year, was Jessica Krug, the white college professor who spent most of her adult life pretending to be black, the uh, quote unquote offspring of Rachel Dolezal. But... My Caucasity of the Year award winner goes to none other but Lubin Tubin, Jeffrey Tubin. For those of you guys who do not know, Jeffrey Tubin was the New Yorker columnist who uh, was fired after it was revealed that he was caught jerking off on camera. The story is, while he was working on a Zoom call with another radio station, uh, doing election coverage or briefing on how they would cover the election during a recess he had thought that he turned his camera off switched to a different screen and uh, gave himself a bit of pleasure on the clock um, after it was revealed he was fired he released a statement and etc etc that is the caucasity moment of the year now to better put this moment into um, into a time capsule of course, I have the clip of my guys, Diaz and Merrill Bronx Legends, who coined the term caucasity, explaining what happened with Jeffrey Tubin. Please get ready for this audio adventure. <laughs> New Yorker writer Jeffrey Tubin got Tubin. a little sussio on Zoom, y'all. That's a new ad lib. Tubin, 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 Tubin. Tubin. <laughs> Legal analyst and writer Jeffrey Tubin apologizing after he exposed himself on a Zoom call with colleagues. Tubin says it was a quote, embarrassingly stupid mistake, and he thought he was off camera. That's your explanation? Y'all, uh, my bad. I, <laughs> I made a mistake. I thought my camera was off. I usually <laughs> jerk off with my camera off. And then it... <laughs> He's acting like he made cookies for a daycare, forgot to tell you there's peanuts inside. Like, nah, nah, this is much serious. You, you had your whole dick on the zoom, bro. All right. <laughs> You'll make a beef stew. 
stroke it off for the whole down for the whole gallery view. All right. His colleagues tell Vice News reports the 60-year-old was touching himself during a meeting on election coverage. Does Biden really make you that horny, my guy? He's <laughs> not talking about Supreme Court justices and stuff. You know, you get to touch oh, God, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, filibuster me, bro. Filibuster oh, yeah. me, yeah, bro. Jeffrey Tubin just watching MSNBC late at night with the volume turned down. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. About, okay. yeah. Talk about those election returns. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the polls are open? Where? Mm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Shout out to the nasty man, Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Even his name is nasty. Jeffrey Tubin. Like, if I felt like if I met someone and said, hey, how you doing? My name is Denzel Rogers. Nice to meet you. And he said, hey, my name is Jeffrey Tubin. I was like, damn, this nigga nasty. Like, he already got a nasty nigga name. So shout out to our Caucasity of the Year Award winner, Jeffrey Tubin. Round of applause for Jeffrey Tubin. The next award that I want to give out on my initial award ceremony is the moment of the year. Now, of course, to be serious, to be serious, the moment of the year for me, honestly, was the 2020 election. That was the moment of the year for me, like seeing so many people who actually came out and decided to go vote, who decided that Trump is not what they need to run this country, who decided that they needed to use their voice, who decided that enough was enough, who actually activated themselves and registered and waited on that line and went to vote. That is my moment of the year on the more serious side. You know what I'm saying? Because it was something that I was pushing forward. Go out and vote. Go out and vote. Use your voice. Use your voice. Your voice is important. And so many people went out and did it. And I was so proud of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was so proud to see it. Um, but, you know, obviously that's the serious side. But we're here to have fun for my award ceremony. So. so the moment of the year award goes to Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson gets our moment of the year award because he stepped into that boxing ring and got knocked into oblivion. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I don't know what possessed that man to get into a boxing ring with no prior experience. I mean, he had heart. I will say that he had heart, but he obviously did not know what he was up against. And of course, I have the legend Snoop D.O.G.'s commentary. And you must hear this. Listen to Snoop Dogg eloquently tell the story of Nate's failed boxing attempt. Here is the legendary, the dog father, Snoop. D-O-double-G. He's going to read you eventually. Yeah, make him think. There you go. Faint step. Oh, there's a faint from Jake. Oh, mm. caught him. Oh, my God. Lord have mercy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Snoop, talk about dropping it like it's Christ, baby. Holy God. Lead me on. about what's happening with Nate Robinson, but Snoop Dogg is, is singing the hymns. He's trying to get... Oh, Lord! Mama Mia, the problem child, proving to be a big problem for Nate Robinson. 
goodness. And of course, Call the ambulance. Pick well, up your people. we need uh, definite medical attention for Nate Robinson. And again, Snoop, we'll this is why you don't break. play boxing, brother. Nah. It's the hurt business. And Robinson could be hurt. Nate, he'll be all right. Nate from the hood, he's going to shake that off. But like you said, you can play basketball, you can play football. But one thing, you can, it's two things you can't play. You can't play boxing, you can't play with this pimping. That's what it's showing <laughs> Man, Snoop is such a great uh, commentator. Like, and it was like right after that boxing match, it was revealed that Snoop would partner with Triller, who threw that exhibition, to do more boxing commentary. Like, Snoop is great, man. He's just great. So that was for me, you know, on a non-serious side, because the real moment of the year was the election and everyone coming out to vote and use their voice, and something I was super proud of. But other than that, on the more com- comedic side, lighthearted side, definitely Snoop D-O-double-G and Nate Robinson getting getting, uh, getting knocked into oblivion, man. <laughs> getting knocked into the sunken place. That is my 2020 moment of the year. The next award that I want to give out is Song of the Year. Now, I had two main choices to pick from, for, in my opinion, for Song of the Year. Obviously, people are thinking to think of Savage, Classy, Bougie, Ratchet. They're going to think of um, Body, Adi, Adi by Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion had a great year. Um, they're going to think of WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. You know, they're going to think of, uh, what's a, another big song? I think Rockstar by The Baby, Roddy Rich, The Box. Um, what's another big, big song that was popping this year? Um, Yummy by Justin Bieber went crazy. Um, and that's all I could think of off the top in terms of like really, really popular songs. But for me, I had to narrow it down. I had to narrow it, narrow it, narrow it down. Two songs for me for song of the year. The first one, Flux Capacitor by Jay Electronica and Jay-Z. Now, when Jay Electronica's album came out, I had so much criticism. I think that was one of my early episodes, like episode seven. And I went 30 minutes on what everything I did not like about Jay Electronica's album, Jay Electronica's album. And the primary criticism of it was um, basically it was like, fam, is this a Jay Electronica album or is this a Jay-Z album? Because you were either too comfortable with allowing Jay-Z to outshine you on this shit. And why did you make us wait 11 years for a Jay-Z showcase? That was my main critiques. Now, over the year, when the more and more I listened to it, it has grown on me, I must say. It has grown on me. But those are still my chief concerns. But if you had ever listened to the song Flux Capacitor, and I believe I played it on the pod. I can't even remember the episode. I know it was in the teen somewhere, in one of the teen episodes. Um, but if you ever listened to Flux Capacitor, it was just Jay-Z was going stupid, stupid. Stupid, stupid. And then just like, fam, this guy is 51 years old. Like, how the fuck is he still this sharp? Like, that is just, it just blew me away. It's just like, how the fuck is this guy still this sharp? How? Like, how? You know what I'm saying? So that is my my first choice, and I had to make a decision. And the second choice is, like I mentioned before, Dior by Pop Smoke. Rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Um, and I had to make a hard decision. So without any further ado, my 2020 song of the year goes to Dior by Pop Smoke is my 2020 
song of the year. Again, rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Gone but not forgotten. Man, man, man. What a song. You know what I'm saying? Like that Brooklyn drill, which is taking over the fucking world with great artists like Fabio, with great art drill artists. Of course, Chief Keep was the originator. But, you know, you got guys who, man, it's just Pop was going to be such a, a young icon. You know what I'm saying? He was. And he was gone way too soon. Dior is my song of the year because no matter where you are. And again, I'm a New York guy. I'm New York based. But no matter where you go in the city, whether if it's a car driving by on the street, whether if you're at a house party with your friends or a kickback with your friends, if you're just at the local supermarket, if you're in an Uber, if you are, you know, in the laundromat, when Dior comes on, it literally changes wherever you are into a moment. And that is why Dior has to be my 2020 song of the year. So shout out to Pop Smoke and rest in peace. Dior, unquestioned, my 2020 song of the year. And of course, I had to save the best for last, my 2020 albums of the year now this, i saved this for last because this is going to take a long time there was so much music that came out that i listened to and i had to make my rankings and everything so i must say disclaimer one these are my choices based off the albums that i listened to that i dissected and that i evaluated so much music comes out now you can literally put your music out at any time any date any platform that you want so if i did not mention your favorite album, if I have my ranking of your favorite album low, please, disclaimer, these are my rankings, this is my opinion, and also, if you know, if, if you guys don't like my list, feel free to hit me on, you know, the social media platforms, tell me your rankings, tell me your list, tell me why you had certain things lower or certain things higher. So, without any further ado, these are my 2020 albums of the year. So, of course, we're going to start with the albums that did not make the cut. So, to let you guys behind the curtain, I have five honorable mentions and a top ten of albums. But before we get to the honorable mentions and before we get to the top ten, I'm going to do the albums that could not make my honorable mentions or my top ten. But were still great albums that deserve listening if you guys have not listened to them. Starting with A Written Testimony by Jay Electronica and Jay-Z. I was very hard on it at the beginning of the year. The more I listened to it, I did come around on it. It is good. It was just I was disappointed that I had to wait 11 years for Jay-Z to make an album. But it was supposed to be I'm waiting 11 years for Jay Electronica's album. That was my biggest um, problem with it. But it was still good it's, in retrospect. It is still good. So that's on there. I'm going to breeze by the rest. Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Great album. Dark Lane Demo Tapes by Drake. Fly God is an Awesome God 2 by Westside Gun, The Light Pack by Joey Badass, Limbo by Amine, King's Disease by Nas, The Liz by Armani Caesar, Who Made the Sunshine by Westside Gun, Floor Seats 2 by ASAP Ferg, Homegrown by Smoke Dizza, Streams of Thought Volume 3 by Black Thought, Meet the Woo 2 slash Shoot for the Stars and Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke, Slime and B by Chris Brown and Young Thug. And lastly, Man on the Moon 3 by Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi would have been higher if it came out earlier. It came out so late that I can't put it ahead of some of the albums I have ahead. So now it is time for the honorable mentions. Honorable mention five, Only for Dolphins by Action Bronson. 
Action Bronson is one of my favorite rappers. He's such an unorthodox rapper that I really like him. He always picks off-kilter beats. He always has different rhyme schemes. He always has different metaphors that you wouldn't even think of putting together. I'm a really big fan. Honorable mention number four, Living Off Experience by The Locks. Shout out to Jadakiss. Shout out to Styles P. Shout out to Sheik Louch. The Locks are seasoned veterans in this game. And I love older artists rapping because it's like a great comedian. You know what I'm saying? The older a comedian gets, the theory is, the smarter they get, the sharper they get, the less of a the less give a fuck they have. And the Locks, at their advanced ages, Jada, Sheik, and Styles, are still rapping elitely. If you don't listen to any other song off Live Enough Experience, please listen to Bout Shit featuring DMX and you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. Honorable mention three, Spillageon by Spillage Village. Spillage Village is a group from Atlanta that consists of J.I.D., Earth Gang, Mariba, Black, Jordan Bryant, and Hollywood J.B. They are some of the most talented artists. I don't know what is in the water in Atlanta, Georgia, but whatever it is, I need to get a sip because Atlanta breeds some of the greatest artists, some of the greatest producers, and they just make such great work. If you guys have not heard Spillage Village, Spilligion, please give it a spin. You will not be disappointed. It is great, great, great music. Honorable mention number two, From King to God by Conway the Machine, a Griselda project. This is a Griselda project that could not make my top 10. Conway the Machine is such a top tier lyricist, it's crazy. And From King to God is his best work so far. I just have so much other Griselda shit in my top 10. It had to be in the honorable mentions, but he's such a tremendous artist. He's such a tremendous rapper. Please listen to King to, From King to God by Conway the Machine if you have not had a chance. Honorable mention number one, Extinction Level Event to the Wrath of God by Busta Rhymes. Man, man, oh man. Busta Rhymes is still sharp as ever. And again, I just have an affinity for older artists who are out here still putting out great stuff because their stuff is so good. It's so good. So if you haven't heard Buster Rhymes' album, it's kind of a marathon listen. It's like a hour listen straight through. It's about 20 songs or 20 to 25 songs. But all of the songs are good and he's still showcasing his personality, his charisma, his uh, uh, vibrance all over the music and it's so great. So shout out to Buster Rhymes. Now, it is time for the top 10 albums of 2020 according to Denzel. Number 10, The Hustle Continues by Juicy J. Shout out to Juicy J. There is something to be said about an artist who knows exactly who he is in this game. Juicy J from 3-6 Mafia has been making this turn up music, this boom bap, super fast strip club anthem music for years, and he does it as well as anyone. Shout out to Juicy J, The Hustle Continues. Please give that a spin if you haven't had the chance. Number nine, Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. There's something when a, the right producer gets with the right artist to make the right project. Savage Mode 2 is the best of 21 Savage so far. You thought it couldn't get any better than I am and greater than I was, you've been mistaken. With Morgan Freeman leading the uh, the narration throughout the album, it is something that needs to be heard and deserves my love and appreciation for 2020. Number eight, I had a hard time with this, but I put two albums there, so I cheated. It is both by Boldy James. The first one is The Versace Tape by Boldy James and Jay Versace. The second is The Price of Tea in China by Boldy James and The Alchemist. 
give it a spin. I can't really say many great things other than Boldy James is nice, 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 nice. And shout out to Jay Versace, who was one of my inspirations. Honestly, a guy who's younger than me, who made his name first through social media comedy, being making skits, making funny faces, making jokes, and said, I'm not I'm more than just a comedian. I'm actually multi-talented and worked his ass off and got his music out, was able to produce many songs and this great album, the Versace tape for Boldy James and the Alchemist is the Alchemist. If you don't know, do your homework. Number seven, Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Again, the Alchemist is out here and Freddie Gibbs last year for 2019 had my number one album with uh, Bandana. Was it Bandana? Yeah, Bandana with uh, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, uh, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. But this year, Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. All you need to hear off there is two songs, uh, three songs, I should say. Uh, 1985, Baby Shit and Skinny Shug, and you're gonna understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Number six, Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher. What I introed the podcast with today. Amazing project, Benny the Butcher. Man, what can you say about him? He's just a, a, a motive. You know what I like about him the most? He's such a motivated artist. He always, on every song, you feel like he's trying to give you the best song he's ever done. And this is part of the Griselda Collective that I just love so much. There are guys who are slept on. Buffalo, New York is not considered a place that breeds great talent. But these guys, Westside, Benny, Conway, Armani Caesar, and Boldy James, just are out here with something to prove and you can hear the hunger in all of their rap tracks they're just top tier lyricists top tier artists and people who really have my respect shout out to benny the butcher and hit boy who executive produced that album next number five the allegory by royce the five nine again i have an affinity for old niggas who rap well royce the five nine is super sharp super intelligent uh, amazing technical rapper rhyme scheme you to death um, metaphor you to death simile you to death and it's all super dope he in fact self-produced this entire album himself a shout out to him and it's just such great music man such great music you will love it when you hear it number four the album by tiana taylor what a queen what a queen she is tiana taylor i love you and you are such a talented musician, such a talented artist, such an amazing creator. This album, she put her foot in. And I was so happy that she was able to release the album that she wanted to release. I went into a whole soliloquy diatribe about it. Um, I don't even remember the episode um, about how, you know, Tiana was retiring and how she was just frustrated with her label. But if she never releases music again, the album is something that you need to hear. And it just showcases all the sides of her. And it's such a great, great, great project that I love so much. I love it so much. So shout out to Tiana Taylor. Number three, Pray for Paris by West Side Gun. The best Griselda project of the year. West Side Gun is not the best rapper in Griselda, but he is the best artist, meaning he knows how to put together the best album. He gets the best features. He gets the best beats. He has the most swag. He has the best fashion. He incorporates all of those things into his music where may, his lyrics aren't as good as Conway's. His rhyme schemes aren't as good as Benny's, but his overall personality and magnetism is what boosts his projects up. And I think out of Griselda, he may be my favorite artist out of the troupe. All of them are super, super talented and elite, but I think that West Side Gun is my favorite and Pray For Paris is where he put his foot on y'all niggas necks. 
Nobody's flyer than me. Nobody's hotter than me. Nobody is richer than me. I am that nigga, and y'all are going to respect me. Shout out to Westside Gun. Pray for Paris. Number two, Modus Vivendi by 070 Shake. I love it when I get to introduce to a new artist who literally blows my socks off. Shout out to my guy, Anthony, who was heavy on that 070 Shake early and the first time I ever heard her was on Kanye's album, Ye, where she did Ghost Town. And I was like, damn, this girl's talented. I can't wait to hear her project. Surely enough, it came out and it blew my fucking socks off. Shout out to 070 Shake. This is R&B slash electronic slash EDM slash, you know, hip hop even because she's rapping on a few of the songs. And it's just such a great album. It is such a great album. You can listen to it while you cook. You can listen to it while you clean. You can listen to it while you drive. It is so, so, so great. And my number one album of the year is Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks. Again, I love it when I hear an artist that I've never heard before and they literally blow my fucking socks off. Stove God Cooks from Syracuse, New York, is an amazing rapper. These beats on this album are impeccable. Executive produced by Rock Marciano. This shit is impeccable. A guy with his unique voice, a unique sound, rapping about that real raw shit that I love, selling drugs, the game, getting that dirty money, driving across state lines, everything that goes into quote unquote drug trafficking because allegedly this is all alleged is for entertainment purposes only i'm not diming him out just a great album a fantastic artist and something that i really enjoyed listening to with a lot of replay value i played john starks on this podcast one of his songs and it is just worth a listen there is not a skip on that bitch from tracks one to 12 i believe it's 12 songs it is not a skip on that bitch okay reasonable drought by stove god cooks my number one album of 2020 and i must say again these are my choices these are my selections this is hip-hop that i love music that i love r&b soul electronic etc genres that i love and i compiled it into this list and if you have a disagreement if you don't like some of my picks hit me and tell me Go on my Instagram or my Twitter, shoot me a message. Hey, I would have put Tiana Taylor a little higher. Hey, I would have put uh, Benny the Butcher a little lower and tell me why. And then we can have dialogue and we can share in this music experience together. But again, I love hip hop music and I'm so biased to it. And I have an East Coast, New York bias. So New York artists are, of course, the best. East Coast artists are, of course, the best to me. So um, again, those are my picks for 2020. Um, and if you do not agree, one, Oh, well, and two, hit me and tell me what you would have done different, where you would have placed things differently. And maybe if I had some other albums that I didn't hear to consider and it's all dialogue, it's all the game. But that is my list. Thank you for indulging me. And for people who do not know what you should, but there's a lot of youngins out there. That instrumental that was playing in the background was Piggy Bank by 50 Cent. And now let us get into our NFL predictions. This will be my last regular season week for NFL predictions, man. And I had a pretty, pretty, pretty good week last week. Another double digit win week. I know I got my swagger back officially now. 
Last week, I went 11 and 5 on picks. So let us try to do better with the last week of the regular season. Now, I will say for week 17, which is the last week of the season, for certain teams who don't have much to play for, it's like kind of hard to pick games because sometimes you know that one team is better than the other, but you're thinking like, damn, I don't know how long or how much or if even their full-time starters will play the game. So it's kind of hard to predict. So I will do my best with the information that I have and the information that I know at the moment. And hopefully I could at least squeak out another double digit week to end strong. By the way, my record for the year stands at 148 wins, uh, 91 losses, and one tie. Pretty, 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 pretty darn good, I must say myself. So let us try to keep our winning ways flowing. First game on Sunday, Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins to win this game. I feel like they need it more than the Bills. The Bills would like to have it, but I think that the Dolphins need it more, especially how they eat by the Raiders. I think the Dolphins understand that this game is really important for their playoff confidence. So I'll take the Miami Dolphins. Next game, Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. I will take the Baltimore Ravens. Next game, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a great, great, great comeback from behind win. I love the resolve. I love the stick to itiveness I saw from the team who came back from a 24 to 7 deficit after the first half and come back to win 28 to 24. It was a great win. I was so proud of the guys. And I hope that they can keep that momentum going. Cleveland's coming off a terrible loss against the Jets. And somehow, some way, the Jets keep winning games. <laughs> but with all that being said, I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win because that is my team. Next game, Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. I will take the Minnesota Vikings. Next game, New York Jets and New England Patriots. I honestly have no idea. I will take the New England Patriots. Next game, Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. I will take the New York Giants to win that. Next game after that is the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers. Next game after that is the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. Now, this is a game where I can see a lot of the starters resting for the Saints because they, you know, they're in pretty good shape. But I have no, I really don't know. And I don't know if Christian McCaffrey will play for the Panthers. So just to be safe, I'll take the Saints to win. Next game after that is the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. I got the Packers. Hmm. Well, depending on who plays. And, and the Bears are starting to play well. And this is going to be in the Chicago cold. I'll still take the Packers. I'll take the Packers. Next game after that is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one overall pick locked up because the Jets are effing around and winning games, but I still think that the Colts will win. You know, obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars are incentivized to lose, but now since they have the number one seed locked up, they could play pretty hard or play pretty, you know, intense, but I still think the Colts will win, especially coming off that Pittsburgh Steelers loss. Next game after that, Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. I will take the Titans because the Titans got embarrassed by the Packers. So I think that the Titans will win. Um, next game after that, Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs has the number one seed locked up as well. And I believe that Andy Reid came out and said that Patrick Mahomes would not play much in that game. So I will take the Chargers to win this game. 
I would take the Chargers to win because if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, obviously they're just trying to rest the starters, etc. I will take the Chargers to win, and the Chargers have more to play for in terms of like pride. Next game, L, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Man, the Raiders have had a bunch of bad losses in a row, and the Broncos have had a very inconsistent season. Um, but all things being even, I think that the Raiders have a better team, so I'll take the Raiders. Next game after that, Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. Now, I will take the Arizona Cardinals because Jared Goff, the quarterback of the L.A. Rams, I believe broke his thumb on his throwing hand uh, last week against the Seattle Seahawks, so he's not going to play. And their backup quarterback is I don't even know at the moment. Um, So with all that, I will take the Cardinals to win. And the Cardinals had a pretty bad loss last week against the 49ers a game that they should have won and they played really poorly so i think the cardinals will win um next game after that is the seattle seahawks and the san francisco 49ers i will take the seattle seahawks and the sunday night football game is the washington football team against the philadelphia eagles the washington football team has a chance still to make the playoffs being the nfc east winner um and the eagles did not play well last week hmm but Philly is at home, so I'll give them the edge. I'll give Philadelphia the edge in that. And there will be, again, this is the last week of the regular season. After this, the playoffs will start. So we'll see how we do on the picks. But I must say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it again. If you are a betting person out there, please do not put money down based off what I say about football. I understand that my record is pretty darn good. But if you lose money betting football games, guess what? Denzel will not help you recoup so keep that in the back of your mind when you're about to place some money down on DraftKings or FanDuel or go to your local bookie if you trying to bet based off what I'm saying if you lose money because I said something wrong guaranteed I will not help you recoup let's finish the season out strong and that is that on that for the NFL predictions and lastly a bit of personal news over the Christmas holiday my family received some tragic news. On Christmas Eve, we learned that my grandmother had passed away. She passed in her home at peace, and man, 2020 just couldn't end without another hurdle or roadblock. Listeners to the pod have heard me discuss her in many ways, from childhood experiences to even things like commenting on me cussing on the show. And uh, she was just the constant in my life. Um, Of course, I know that people can't live forever and that everyone will have their day. But when something like this hits this close to home, it's just a different feeling. And words cannot express or explain the pain anguish and sadness that I am feeling at this time. When I look back at my life, I can't even measure or count all the ways that she has impacted and affected me and my family. And that's why it hurts so much from teaching me small things like good penmanship to showing me the importance of hard work, manners and respect to instilling God in my life and telling me that I could be 
anything in this world that I wanted to be. From things like sacrificing her time, working long hours to send my sister and I to private schools when we were children, to protecting us and shielding us from the dangers of this world, and being a confidant and being a well of infinite wisdom are some of the ways that she affected me and some of the reasons why my heart is broken at this time from this news. The last time I saw my grandmom alive was the Monday after the Thanksgiving weekend. And the last thing that she said to me was, I have enjoyed my time with you all so much this weekend. And I am so proud of you, son. And that day has been replaying in my mind over and over. I know that you cannot have a say when it comes to God's timing and that he ultimately decides how long you will stay on this earth. But selfishly, I keep thinking about what I wouldn't give for one more week, one more day, or just one more minute to have with her. It was even hard to muster the strength to do this little speech at the end of the show. Um, but it's because I could muster the strength is how I know I'll be okay in the long run. And She helped me to give me this strength. The last few days have been... They have been so tough, you know, having to call loved ones, having to call her friends and give them the news, cleaning out her home and seeing all the photos and seeing all the mementos that she had in her house, making funeral arrangements, the whole nine yards. But I have to be strong. I have to be strong for my mom, for my sister for my entire family and I will be, I will be. Um, the great MLK Jr. said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So for my family, friends and loved ones, I will stand tall. And though I lose my beloved grandmother in the physical form, I do not lose her in the spiritual and she will never die because she is alive in me. And it is comforting to know that she gets to be in the sky with her husband, my granddad, her daughter, my aunt, her own mother and father, and her fallen brothers and sisters. The last word she said to me was that she was proud of me. And I'm going to continue to make her proud. Um, of course, the podcast will have to pause for a while while we finish her arrangements. Um, but rest assured that I shall return. And I'll return better than ever. 
But in this time, I ask all you out there to just pray for me and pray for my fam. But um, I believe and I know that I shall overcome. Grandma, I love you so much and I miss you so much already. Um, but I know that you're watching. I know that you're proud. And I know that you're at peace. And so I'll leave you guys with something that she always would say, which is be good to yourselves and be good to one another. I have lost my grandmother, but heaven has truly gained an angel. Truly, truly gained an angel. And it was my pleasure beyond words to be your grandson and to have you in my life for as long as the Lord allowed. Truly, my true pleasure. And I know and I hope that I will continue to make you proud. I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great song. That's um, I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song. It is called Hey Mama by Kanye West off of the album Late Registration. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 47. Rest in peace, Grandmom. Rest in paradise. And again, be good to yourselves and be good to one another. And hopefully I'll be able to speak to you guys soon. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 47. We are out. I wanna scream so loud for you. Cause I'm so proud of you. And I, let me tell you what I'm about to do. I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. I appreciate what you allow for me, and I, I just want you to be proud. I wanna tell the whole world about a friend of mine. This little light of mine, I'm finna let it shine. I'm finna take y'all back to them better times. I'm finna talk about my mama if y'all don't mind. I was three years old when you and I moved to the shy. Late December, harsh winter gave me a cold. You picked me up something that was good for my soul. Famous homemade chicken soup, can I have another bowl? You work late nights just to keep on the lights. Mommy got the trainer wheel so I could keep on my bike. And you would give me anything in this world. Michael Jackson left the end of the club but didn't get me on curl. And you never put no man over me. And I love you for that, mommy, can't you see? Seven years old, caught you with tears in your eyes. Cause a nigga cheating, telling you lies. Then I started to cry as we knelt on the kitchen floor. I said, Mommy, I'ma love you till you don't hurt no more. And when I'm older, you ain't gotta work no more. And I'ma get you that mansion that we couldn't afford. See, y'all, unbreakable, unmistakable, highly capable. Lady that's making loot, a living legend too. Just look at what heaven do. Send us an angel, and I thank you, Mama. I wanna scream so loud for you. Cause I'm so proud of you and I, let me tell you what I'm about to do Mama, I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school I appreciate what you allow for me, I just want
It's like a box of chocolates. My mama told me go to school, get your doctorate. Something to fall back on, you could profit with, but still supported me when I did the opposite. Now I feel like it's things I gotta get, things I gotta do, just to prove to you. You was getting through, can the choir please give me a verse of you? Are so beautiful to me, can't you see? You're like a book of poetry. Maya Angelo, Nikki Giovanni, turn one page and there's my mommy. Come on. Just dance me. Let the whole world see your dancing feet. Now when I say hey, y'all say mama. Now everybody answer me. Come on. I wanna scream so loud for you. Cause I'm so proud of you. And I, let me tell you what I'm about to do. I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. I appreciate what you allow for me. And I just want you to be proud of me. I guess it all depends though, if my end's low. Second they get up, you gon' get that benzo. Tent the windows, ride around the city and let your friends know. Tell your job you gotta fake them out. Since you brought me in this world, let me take you out. To a restaurant, up an echelon. I'ma get you a jack, whatever else you want. Just tell me what kind of S-type Don the West like. Tell me the perfect color so I make it just right. It don't gotta be Mother's Day or your birthday for me to just call and say, so glad for you, cause I'm so proud of you, and I, let me tell you what I'm about to do, you know I love you so, I never let you go, wrote this song just so you know, no matter where you go, my love is true. Mama, 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 mama,